0: So I started this new role in January, um and it's to work with children who've been permanently excluded out of school. There was two thousand one hundred permanent exclusions in the autumn turn recently. That is shocking. Lies, Ross, this, that yeah. is shocking. A gang will come into an area and they will recruit vulnerable kids in the area to sell drugs. Wow. Yeah. Um this is uh <laughs> this is gonna get deep, I know. I've heard horror stories where some children I've worked with have sadly died, you know, have have had Drug overdoses have been stabbed, have, have, you know, have gone down that other road and, and that's how easy
1: it is. Why all of a sudden, if they get expelled, do, does everyone just step back and wipe their hands of people? There isn't enough provisions, there isn't enough pupil referral units.
0: A lot of children don't meet the criteria, you know, and lack was, of manpower, lack of manpower. These children
1: are our future, Yeah. what are we doing? nice to meet you and how are you, I to you good, good to see you mate yeah really good, good, good thanks good. thanks for having me on no listen mate thanks for coming down where, where have you come from
0: well i'm from newcastle ridges you can probably tell yeah. <laughs> but Sudbury in Suffolk. so not far
1: oh cool yeah just down the road nice yeah. lovely well listen thanks for coming in and thanks yeah, for being yeah. part of the ether podcast now you've got quite an interesting role uh your job title is a lead outreach tutor yeah now I haven't got a fucking clue what that is. So you're going to have to explain it, not only to myself, yeah. but also to to the viewers. What is a lead outreach tutor? So I started this new role in January um, mm. and it's to
0: work with children who've been permanently excluded out of school. So they're okay. out of school, got no education. So people like myself go in there and work with them to try and get them back on
1: track so your sole job is people who have been excluded, expelled, children from school, yeah. you then take them on board and go, Recently, right, I'm going to find you a new school or yeah. a new placement or whatever it may be. Which is easier said than done. Right. And, and that's that's part of
0: the problem. It's, like, it's, like okay. a, it's a massive uh, issue at the minute. And I didn't realise until I took this role on in January. I've worked in pupil referral units and stuff before where kids come, um, you know, who've been expelled for behavior issues, various other things. But this is a whole different ballgame because, you know, these kids are at home. They've often not had any education for months. So it's not just working with them academically. It's working with them to get their uh, anxiety sorted out, Mm -hmm. their confidence. But of course, a lot of them as well are getting involved in crime. And the big two words at the minute that is affecting the country, which I call a bit of a disease is county lines. And County lines, explain that to me. County lines is when a gang will... Oh, right, we're going that deep. We are. Wow. Yeah, a gang will come into an area, especially kind of little places in Suffolk and Essex, the market towns, because of links to London. Mm-hmm. They'll come in and they'll effectively set up a line, which is a phone line, a drug line,
1: and they will recruit vulnerable kids in the area to sell drugs. So, this, so let's go back a, a little bit. Wow. Yeah. Um, this is uh, <laughs> this is going to get deep, I know, especially it when it comes to children because have you got any children yourself? I've got a five-year-old
0: son, yeah, and, yeah. It, and it worries me, to be honest with you, because yeah. I'm working with a lot of kids who are 11, 12,
1: 13, wow. who've been offered knives, been offered drugs. I've got 15-year-old, 13-year-old, um, 21-year-old, a 7-year-old wow. and a 6-year-old. So, listen, this is going to get pretty deep and, uh, and rightly so. So, you've worked with pupils. So, say, for example, my kid goes to school – he or she gets expelled and for something quite serious and all of a sudden they say, right, you're not welcome back at this school. Do you automatically, and does the law dictate that you have to come in and find them a a replacement school straight away or does this this process take days weeks or months just talk me through how how right. a, a kid getting expelled has what what you have to do and what they have to yeah. do to be reestablished into another school well to start with
0: the mainstream schools in my opinion are permanently excluding children now for pretty much next to nothing yeah doesn't surprise me of course me. there is some t- some occasions you look at it and go yeah i can see why that's happened it's yeah. been a repetitive process but kids for kicking chairs writing certain stuff, you know, if they don't fit into their ethos and it could, and if I'm being honest here, mm-hmm. could potentially affect their Ofsted rating, then they'll look at removing them from the school. Now that's me being brutally honest mm-hmm. and the schools will deny that. They'll say, oh, we've worked with them and oh, you know, and, and this was a last resort. That's what this podcast is all about, it's not, mate. It's not a last resort. Honestly. And what they realise, so once they've washed their hands of, of that child, that child will then be sometimes out of education for months no. For months. Months. Yeah, there's not, a, there, not weeks, there's months. There's a young man I've just started working with who's uh,
1: 13. He's been out of education for four months. How? how? How is that possible that someone gets expelled and they can't just be replaced into, is it because the other schools don't want them? Or well, surely because- the duty of care from the government, from the council, from wherever it may be, to look at that child, have that child assessed quickly... That should be their priority and then get them straight back into education. And that's exactly how it
0: should be. (laughs) But like a lot of these services now, they're so massively overwhelmed with, you know, there's so many children out of school at the minute. There was 2,100 permanent exclusions in the autumn turn recently. And that, you know. Over 2,000 kids being excluded. And a lot of them have got no other provision to go back to. And this is where the issue lies. That is shocking. Ross, that is shocking. Over 2,000 kids excluded. No schools. No schools. No schools, no no potential in the UK. In the UK. Yeah. And that figure's actually gone down, (laughs) believe it or not, but it's going to rise. And I think the issue is here, and this is the main issue, these kids are being permanently excluded. They might not fit the criteria for a pupil referral unit. So what's the middle ground? There is no middle ground. There is no no provisions out there that bridge that gap. So what we're doing in is we're coming in and we're trying to work with the local authority who's responsible for finding them an education. Now, a lot of these children will have something called an EHCP plan, which is an educational healthcare plan. Right, when they're excluded. Yeah, so that that usually covers various needs. They might have ADHD, autism, and they've been granted this EHCP. That will open a lot more doors. But getting that EHCP is another story, and that can delay the process of finding the right provision for months, sometimes Years, um, in worst stream, in worst you know cases. But I think I think this is the this is the issue: is mainstream schools have to look at their kind of responsibility in this. Of you know, they've got to realize the impact it's having, not just on the children, but on the families. I mean, I have families, mothers, fathers, uh, foster carers who are who
1: are at the wit's end. You know, they don't know months, Mumps on end. So what are they doing? What are these kids doing for these for these weeks and months and nothing? Nothing but so this, surely Ross, well, so I'm finding it hard to it's, it's to, unbelievable, and it so surely there should be some home curriculum that they must do. They must do a like a, an education from home or an education well, from Again, you would think so. so. And the school have a responsibility when they're enrolled on their
0: on their school. But as soon as they're gone, not a problem. No. So then I'm coming in, I'm working with fifteen year olds who can't tell the time. I'm working with fifteen year olds who who um can't spell. You know, and and, and the it's world, literally, you can't tell the time. it's ripping it back to basics, and you know, and the confidence they've they've lost because of that, and and the anxiety, and they've got they've got no self worth, they feel yeah. useless, they've got no hope, and that's when county
1: lines comes in. Yeah, talk about that county lines because you mentioned that, but now I've got a better picture of it. So all of a sudden, they're out of school uh, for for days that could turn into weeks, could turn into months, and county lines obviously are hoping to keep them out of school for forever, right? Well, yeah. What they want to do is recruit them to mm-hmm. sell drugs, do the dirty
0: work, yeah. and potentially offer them what they see as this glamorous lifestyle.
1: Now, it's almost become like a, a trend. So how does it work? Excluded? Perfectly um, excluded. Yeah. How do they know that these... Do they just go around these sort of... The the area do they sort of they like scouts really well, they, they, they scout are. out the vulnerable those that are on the streets why isn't he at school why isn't yeah. she at school right let's capitalise let's just get them in, in into the county yeah. lines they even come to the gates of some of these pupil referral
0: units no see well this was the fir- my first encounter of it in uh, a few years back to the school gates to the school gates so we I was working at this pupil referral unit in Whitting and um, this Range Rover kept pulling up kind of after you know, after kicking out time. And um, a couple of boys from year 11, I saw were approaching this car uh, and it turned out he was offering them, you know, money and various other things. So we'd alerted the police and the police were pretty switched on and, you know, it left the area. But now what they're doing is they're realising a lot of these kids who are out of school will go to local parks, will go to local areas and they will send other kids of similar ages down there wearing all the gear, Money, they'll have knives on them, they'll have drugs on them. So that's the type of grooming. It's
1: a grooming. Yeah, but they're, grooming getting, process. they're getting kids to groom kids. That's the big wow. thing here. Kids are grooming kids. So they're getting them involved, especially yeah. the older ones, and they're saying, right, who else is out of school? You're a Where's- gang
0: member, 30-year-old, going to kids in the park, they're going to be a bit suspicious. They get yeah.
1: another 13-, 14-year-old going down there, they can get on the same level. And how how open is this? How obvious is this? How, how much does this actually happen? It's
0: happening all the time. And if you, which I have become aware of it now and know what to look out for, I see it everywhere, everywhere. And it's almost like they wear a uniform, you know, and and this is not to say everyone's like this, but they'll wear this man bag across the thing. All in black. They're listening to this drill music. They're wearing these, Almost balaclavas now. Yeah, yeah. In the summer, they can. They can. They've you got know. an excuse now, haven't they? They've got an excuse. <laughs> yeah. So it's all about you know. And then the face masks came out of COVID. That was a huge thing as oh, well because they could they could um, they could hide their identity. Yeah. And it's become a part of a uniform. It's quite cool. You know, there's 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 certain music they listen to. They have a certain. I've, I've I with, see him
1: around all the time. Sim, Especially and around nine Suffolk times Essex. out of ten, they've got
0: they've got they've got drugs, yeah. weapons, certain trainers on them. Yeah, and they've got they've got stuff secreted on them, you know, you name it. Um, and it, it is just an absolute, it, it's the only way I can describe it is like a disease. They come into an area and they affect the area and it, and they poison the area. And it's, uh, you know, and I've seen people's lives ruined because of it, you know, it, it's it's horrific. And I think most major police forces now have a dedicated uh, County lines team who specialising so in that. So
1: they've got a specialised county lines team to counteract. Major, any major forces, so you're looking at the Met, ma- Essex, being Suffolk. being groomed into selling drugs, into holding yeah. uh, yeah. weapons. So their main be.
0: role will be to stop these lines coming in, stop these, and, and 90% of them are coming down from London. So Essex and Suffolk is the ideal place because of... Is that your area? Yeah, this yeah. is my catchment area. So yeah. Suffolk and Essex I work with, but of course... We're, we're an hour away from London, aren't we? Yeah, of course. Technically. It breeds out of it, doesn't it? Get on the train, you're in Liverpool Street in an hour. So, you know, you've got the M25, the links is just unbelievable. So the scale of it is huge and it's going to be uh, an ongoing problem for the foreseeable But It's your future.
1: job not to, and again, I'm not throwing this at you because, yes. um, you know, we're here to, to establish a common ground here. Is it not down to people like you to stop them from being recruited? Is it to get them back into education as quick as possible? Well, it or are is. you just undermanned? And you Wait. just haven't got enough people? Or their people are just kids just slipping through the system, which I hate to say it, yeah. but it happens all over the country. 100%. Slipping through the system and you've got no control over it because no. you're over, you're, you've got too many too many people you need to look after. There's so many. It's a multi-agency issue. So it needs everyone
0: involved to tackle it, and I'm yeah. talking social services, the police, um, the schools. Everyone needs to be working Parents. together. Parents, families, yeah. carers, you name it. But my role specifically is not involved with the county line stuff. It will, you know, if if I've got a suspicion, I will report it, and I have oh, to go to the be police. Hard for you, mate, and it, not it getting is involved in that. But my sole purpose is to get them. back Back on track and back into education as soon as possible. Now that's difficult because the maximum hours the government and local authority will grant per child is three hours a day. So often I'm working with a child for, and that's the maximum. Most children sometimes have only got an hour a day. So I'm going in for an hour a day, sometimes three max, Mm -hmm. to work with these kids. So there's only so much you can do in that time. Um, But on a positive Every child I've worked with so far, I've got back into some sort of provision and, and, and you can do it and you've just, but they think I'm going to go in there and teach them maths in English. It's part of it is that, but most of it is, it's, it's dealing with their anger. It's dealing with their, if we don't tackle that, the the issue is going to keep happening. And, and, you know, and I've suffered from mental health in the past with anxiety and depression. So, you know, a lot of it is just passing on your own life skills. Yeah. You life know,
1: experience. Life experience. 100%, yeah. Trying to
0: steer them in the right direction. Yeah. A lot of the families and carers are really supportive. Of the, you know, they want the best What about for the them. parents?
1: Well. Because you've got to think to yourself, everything starts from home. Well, it does. You know, it's, it's like, I can almost look at a child and see how that child has been raised yeah. or what environment that child is surrounded in yeah. um how that child uh, is is brought up I, yeah. you can look at a child and within 5 minutes just through manners respect you know, being able to hold a conversation you can yeah. tell that kid's not being looked after he's not yeah, being parented yeah. correctly yeah. he's probably he's probably got a single parent at home yeah. or he's probably not got any parents probably lives with his uncle auntie or she oh, Linda, sure you know and um, i've seen do, all- do you get go that deep with with the parents yeah, well, a lot of the time as well. This is such a funny role because you sometimes
0: are playing a, a tutor, a, a mental health worker, yeah, a, a social trades, worker. Right? You know, I, I, and I see it from all spectrums. I've seen kids come from extremely wealthy, well-to-do families, and I've oh, seen have? I've seen kids come who've just been spoilt and and just think they can do whatever, and parents just throw stuff at them to try and have an easy life. Um, and then you get other kids right from the bottom. Um, there was one boy, I, I. I work with whose mum and dad had both died of drug overdoses. He went into foster care and then his foster mother died six months later of cancer. So you're, re- you're dealing with massive ends of the spectrum uh, tough. and it's tough. So you can see, you know, you, c- you can clearly see sometimes why the kids are, are, are acting the way they are, but there's other times you see the trauma and stuff behind it. And, and you know, they've been out of education so long, they feel let down and they've got no hope. You know they've got no hope, and I see these parents and carers, and some of them are, are literally hanging on by a thread. You know yeah. they're trying to they're trying to keep going, but you know they're struggling as well, and that's the problem. Uh, you know it, the impact it has on not just on the child, but on the family,
1: not the carers, pass. the community. It can be huge. Huge. massive, huge. Especially if they get involved in, with the wrong people, drugs, you the know, crime. alcohol, crime, yeah. you, you name it. And then, it. you know, we're talking about them just getting involved with crime. A lot of them sort of end up getting
0: involved in addiction, Yeah, which absolutely. then leads to them, you know, getting involved in crime. Yeah. So the it's impact, a vicious circle, right? It's a huge vicious circle. So if we can work with them at this age now, and steer them in the right direction. I, I'm talking around eleven to fifteen. That's the age we want to get them at, because yeah. that's the most vulnerable age where they, it can make or break them. Yeah. And 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 I've seen some people go and do great things, be mechanics, all the rest of it. And I've see, I've heard horror stories where some children I've worked with have sadly died. You know, have have had drug overdoses, have been stabbed, have have you know have gone down that other road. And and that's how easy it is. You know, you can. It's Are you hugely
1: understaffed? Massively, you're massively understaffed. Yeah, we can't get enough staff. So I'm looking at you, Ross, and you, you're telling me all of this, and I'm thinking, what must your mental health be like? How do you sustain yourself and keep yourself in that right headspace after everything you have to deal with, especially being a father yourself, then having to go back and father your children? How how do you how do you cope as an individual? And I'll, I'll go back onto yeah. onto government and onto council, like, but how? I'm looking at you, and I'm thinking. Good on you, but I'm thinking, wow, that's some toll on you as an individual. Yeah. Well, as I said to you earlier, on, I've struggled with mental health in the past, confidence,
0: anxiety, depression, but it's something I've learned to deal with. And I think, you know, I take each day as it comes, I try and be positive. I try and exercise. Yeah. I try and do the things that I know are good for me. Yeah. But also in a, in a kind of selfish way, it puts things in perspective a little bit. It's yeah. very easy to go, oh, God, you know, Look at look at everyone. You could look at social media, and everyone seems to be living this perfect life. Yeah, you're the and you can you think, yep. oh, where the fuck have I gone wrong? But actually, you know, it's it's being grateful and having gratitude actually for what you have. You can always want and more. a sense of reward, I suppose, when you when reward. you see that child. Going and I love back what into- I do. I love it. You know, yeah, and yeah, it's right, like, right. I guess it's like a police officer will say, you know, you know the 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 job ninety percent of the time is is. Is shit. You know, they're getting spat on, yeah. assaulted, but you've got that 10% where you've seen someone turn their life around or you've helped somebody. And it's yeah. the same with the paramedics, everyone in these a proud moment. It's the same. Yeah. And, and when I hear old. of kids going back into, you know, they've got into work or I, and I've, I've done a transition into school and I've seen that kid when I started with him who might've been in tears and then I'm leaving, he's got his uniform on, he's in school, he's got hope. That's what it's about. That's the what we call the Gucci moment. Where you yeah, kind absolutely. of see that and think, that's moment. what I'm doing. Do you know what I mean? That's that's absolutely. what it's about. And if you can get that,
1: perfect. Good on you, mate. Yeah. Um, also the council, right? So the well, child the leaves the school, right? And you if if my if I pulled my child out of school, I'd have letters, fines, charges. You cannot your child cannot leave school. Um it's not the done thing. Um, education is the is the forefront of any child's upbringing. Yeah. Why all of a sudden, if they get expelled, do does everyone just step back and wipe their hands of people? Where where are where are the letters to the parents going? No, no, no. Or where are the council going? No, no, no. We need them straight back into school. We today, not 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 a week, not yeah. certainly not months. Within a couple of days, we need to replace them back into their schools. Yeah. So I don't care if the schools are overcrowded. We form a new classroom. We form whatever it may be. What, why is that not happening? That's is the issue. Soon on your back, aren't they? If you yeah. take your kids out of school because you want to yeah. go on holiday, and yeah. um, before the rush, yeah, oh yeah. There's a there's a fine in the post. Oh, the daily, you know. Yeah.
0: But I think I think again they're just massively overwhelmed, and also a, a lot of the time, the, I'll be honest with you, uh, you know, they don't know what to do, so they've got a certain child who meet certain criterias, but not others. And this is where that educational healthcare plan comes in. If you get that, it's almost like a a, a suit of armor that will open all these doors suddenly for you, and, and then you can access things. But getting that EHCP can take months, if not years as well. So the school, the local authority often will not know where to send these children. So when this outreach service that I work for was set up, and it's, it's again, it's a nationwide thing now, it's to bridge that gap, to if I'm being honest, until the local authority find a suitable placement for them to go, and and often that can take months. There isn't enough provisions, there isn't enough pupil referral units. A lot of children don't meet the criteria. You know, our lack, lack of manpower, lack of manpower. So I know Suffolk at the minute are having a huge investment, building new schools. The you know, I'm working with this woman who's the um, director of inclusion at the council. She's brilliant. And uh, called Roz, and she's fantastic. At what she's done, she's really absolutely wanting to make a difference. But the problem is, you know, there's so much backlog that it's not going to happen overnight. So we, as a tutor and outreach service, are trying to bridge that
1: gap until other options become available. But what I'm about being, during lockdown? Did that that oh that, my that must have, you know, amplified the situation tenfold? Because everyone, no matter what. Organisation, they're from. They are playing catch up with yeah. the education system, the NHS, the police, yeah. system, whatever it may be. Everyone, how did that affect um, well, your role, and how does it how does it affect the children? Huge. I mean, I had parents ringing me
0: out of desperation in tears, saying, "I, I can't cope. I can't manage." Of course, we can't go and visit the children, you know, because of lockdown, COVID. So for a long time, kind of in my spare time, I was checking in with some of these kids for an hour here and there when I could do it. Just to check in with them, yeah. but the the you know there was there was nothing there was nothing the schools had closed there was no outreach service so the mental health went through the roof, the parents' mental health went through the roof, um, and I'm still seeing the lasting effects of that now. You know where you see people who. I mean, their confidence was low, but now it's, and they're, they're socially God. anxious. The thought of going into it, you know, I did some work recently with a with a boy who, he had this anxiety about going into a shop. So we did some work about, you know, we, we create a shopping list and we'd work out how much it was going to be. And we'd go to that shop and I'd go with him and support them and buy st- stuff like that, you know, that we take for granted. I think nothing of going to the local <laughs> news agents and just, you know, get what I need. For him, that was a traumatic experience. You know, so they, the impact wow. it had on these kids was, well, and I talk about the families a lot as well because, you know, they, they're at the wit's end. And touching what you said, Ant, about the local authority and about how quick they ought to do the fine, it's totally right. And I think, I think you know, a lot of these families don't know what the option is when their child has been permanently excluded. They don't know what to do.
1: Surely a child's education should be at the forefront of absolutely everything Everything and anything. Priority number one, children in school, educating yeah. our, you know, we're living in 2022 in the UK, you know, the most, one of the most developed countries in the world. Yeah. We like to think we are anyway. <laughs> yeah. And then, then you, then you start peeling away the layers. Yeah. And then you realize actually over 2000 kids. Yeah. God knows how many of them have, of on the streets right now. God knows how many of them are falling into that that gang sort of culture, that that crime culture. Yeah. You name it. It's like, you know, you, you peel that away and you think to yourself, these children are our future. Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. Why aren't we fucking making that the number one priority? And it's not a hard thing. Well, hey, obviously it obviously is a hard thing, but it's like, right, let's find this this, this kid another. Let's
0: yeah, what's what's going on? Well, Shash, I'll tell you something I encountered recently, which was it's shocking, massively surprising to me, and shocking. I was working with a boy uh, who had autism, and he'd been out of school for such a long time. His parents are surgeons at Colchester Hospital, yeah. so they were having to take time off work to you know to try and deal with this. So, when I'm talking about a knock-on effect, there, it was wow. actually putting people's lives at risk because we're talking about surgeons having to take time off work to deal with the issue. In the end. They had to do a – there's actually a a parent group now where parents have have got children in similar situations, have set up a group, and they give advice and they can take legal action and get the council and local authority to do a tribunal in order for them to speed up the process. That's how desperate some of these parents are. So they're spending thousands of pounds of their own money. You're joking me. They're not. not. They are, if they can afford it. So, you know, the people that that can afford to do that are taking the council – to Tribunal to try and get something moving because they're that desperate. They can't take time off work.
1: Welcome to my Mind Over Muscle Festival hosted by myself, and Middleton. You're in trouble. Now once you go through these gates, there's no going back. Let's do this. With 250 acres to play with and to fill, come along, fill it up and come play with Team Ant. My Mind Over Muscle Festival hosted by myself, Ant Middleton, is open to all. Come along, face your fears, and unlock your true potential. This festival is open to all abilities. It will be action-packed, fear-defying, and a coming together of positive, like-minded people encapsulated with the main ingredient, fun.
0: You know, there's only so much we as a tutor can do. You know, the council, in my opinion, need to do more. They're trying to do more, but they need to do more. But my, my thing about bugbear comes to the mainstream schools. There needs to be more in place for the mainstream schools to stop permanently excluding these children. There was a pioneering project recently set up in Essex called the Grow Project. So they would latch on to major mainstream schools. They would almost set up these sheds Attached to the school, so they would work with any children who are becoming disruptive. Potentially have prevention before the cure. Exactly. Potential to be permanently excluded. They would work with specialist teams to tackle the issues, look to reintegrate them back, and that would bridge that gap. I like Uh, that. Now I think that was it was brilliant, fantastic. That's what we should be rolling out more. Get these specialists to Mm -hmm. attach to the mainstream school. Doesn't take much. Work with the issues reintegrate them back in. Yeah. Or what do we do? Kick them out of school, leave the months on end, risk of mental health, risk of crime. You know, there has to be more stuff
1: in place. You know, I've seen stuff like that. It gives me hope, but there isn't enough. And there you say you've seen children um, being t- being excluded from schools and falling into what? what's, and again, I don't want you to, obviously know names or anything, but what's the most sort of common occurrence that you you come across that really, really, sort of hits hits you, you know, hits your heart and you go, it makes you really, really, really down. It's one of those where you go, wow, this shouldn't happen. It's happening far too often. You know, we need to do something about it. Yeah. Every young person I've worked with have,
0: have got something about them, but there's a, there's a similarity with all of them and you can see that they just feel completely let down, let down, they feel let
1: down and they've got no hope. And this is where County Lions comes along, takes advantage of that. Of course. The vulnerabilities. They go, listen, yeah. you can be part of something, part yeah. of a belonging. We're going to give you this. We're going to give you that. And you talk yeah. about the older children recruiting the younger children. How, how how young are they being recruited at? The youngest I've known who's been approached
0: with drugs and knives is 11. Oh. Uh, but I've heard it is a lot younger.
1: Um, you know. And this is from another guy, another teenager that's been excluded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going, right. Look at look look at this. Yeah. Look, flash the cash. This is what I've got. You can have the same. All you have to do is this, this, this. Yeah. And he's getting these orders from from, from, his, yeah. from, I mean from the, the hierarchy. The, the hierarchy then, don't
0: don't get their hands dirty, do they? Uh, you know, they are they getting these kids, you know, to and these and this is the other thing. A lot of these kids are getting caught with drugs on them, and so they're getting a criminal record before they've hit, you know, they're ending up they're, in youth offending uh, institutions. And and that that knock-on-effect, you know, if you've got a history of drug offences on your CV, life's hard enough, and you know yeah. to get a job now is
1: difficult. But with that, it's just an uphill struggle. So, so then kids in that, that do have all, all of a sudden do have they're twelve, 13, 14 year, years old, and they do have a criminal record. Yeah, uh, is it impossible to reinstate them into school for their GCSEs? Or well, it's it's
0: it's it becomes How much more work? of a challenge. Well, uh, it works. Are there the kids s- out there uh, that are doing their GCSEs with criminal records? Um, if I'm totally honest, there is. Wow. What the scale of that is, I don't know. But there is children who have got, you know, when I worked in the pupil referral unit, we'd have the police sometimes there on a daily basis coming in for assault on staff, uh, criminal damage, you know. And a lot of the time we could manage situations, but a lot of the time it, it got to the point, you know, we we had a young man got on the roof and caused 80 grand worth of damage by throwing tiles onto staff cars. We had to get a police negotiator out. They locked the street to get You're this joke. No, you know, I've seen it from all sides of things. And you know, so then that's that the most tragic thing you've seen. Oh, I think I think you know just when you see these kids in just a desperate situation. So I think there's one, you know, that boy I was talking about who got on the roof actually. It was really sad because he'd he'd be, he'd come from abuse and and various other things. So the only way he knew was was fight or flight. And so if anything he didn't feel comfortable with or in any adult he he felt kind of uh, wary of. He would just lash out. He would self-harm. But I think the one that really stands out for me is when I first started doing this job, I worked in media beforehand. I thought I need a change of career. (laughs) Don't do that, mate. No, I know. I thought I needed a change of career. I wanted to do something. Didn't have a clue what to do. Saw this advert. I was living in London at the time. It was for a support worker working with Camden local authority with children um, with various needs. So I turned up at this household, uh, four children who were under child protection. Um, and my role was to go in there and work with these kids to, you know, just help with everyday life whilst this proceedings was going on. So I knocked on the door. The, the eldest son opened the door. He went, are you a fed? Because I had my lanyard on. I went, I'm not a fed. He then put his finger in his mouth, cut the inside of his mouth and spat blood in my face and closed the door. And I stood there going what the hell have I done? What have I done? But I don't know what it was. Something made me think that's that's not right. And that was the make or break. I could have gone back into something else, but I thought, you know what? That's And I knocked on the door, probably the Geordie and me just thought, I'm not going to have that. And um, ended up with that family for six months. It was was pretty horrendous. I had to go to court and testify and and the children got removed in the end. So that was the one that stood out for me because that was my first experience in this. Um, but I knew oh. those children were better off being
1: somewhere yeah. apart from that. And is that is that is that a huge problem? Obviously, you work closely with social services. Is that a huge problem? Is does it stem from um, their upbringing and from their family background? A lot of it does, yeah. Or a lot of them have have come from you know. Uh, so the, lot Do you them, look at the parents sometimes and think, "No wonder he's like that, or she's like that." Look at you, well, you, yeah. you, you, you absolute. Well, a lot of them are of society. A lot of these children have got foster carers, or, or
0: so you know. But you you see the history of them. So um, there's a big thing which I didn't realize until recently. It's called alcohol fetal, fetal syndrome. So it's when parents have had an alcohol abuse and they've drunk while they've been pregnant. So their mum's yeah. been pregnant, and then they they get born with this condition, which can affect their you know, their, their mental health, their academic (laughs) levels, you know, and that's a massive thing. So you see people who've come from drugs who have, have literally had the worst chance in life, but then you meet other people, these amazing foster carers, these amazing, um, family, single parents you meet a lot who they may have had an abusive partner, (coughs) um, who have been left in this, you know, lifted, left in this situation. So they're doing the best they can, but, you you do see a lot of and hear a lot of horror stories, and you think, well, I can kind of see why this has happened. But then, of course, you know that doesn't define that young person, and 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 you've got to try and get over that. And and yeah, you got to try and give that you know? child hope, don't you? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's, it's a way of life. But it's you know it it can be really sad at times, and I think. Um, but for me, you know, being able to play a part where you can make a difference is huge. But we just. We're just scratching the surface here, I think, and, and I think if mainstream schools keep permanently excluding kids at the rate they are, then we're going to have a major
1: crisis. And is there a common denominator with with these children? Is that, for example, single parents, or just with mums, or just with dads? Is there? You, obviously, it happens with with both yeah. parents, like you like you just mentioned. But is there? Is there more one than the other? Do you, is, there, is it more, they've come from broken families, full stop?
0: Yeah, I think that's the big- Is, that, is that the big common denominator? That's the common denominator. There's, there's been something that's happened in their life that has led to where they are now. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got a young a, a young boy I worked with a while back who he, he's he got an issue around food. He's put a lot of weight on. And when I dig Delper, uh, sorry, dig Delper, um, deeper into that and spoke to the psychologists and stuff like that. That was because he grew up without any food and, uh, was neglected. And so now he overeats to compensate for that because he doesn't, it's stuck in there. Stuck in his head. There's food there now I've got to have it while I can. So, so the effects. It's like the military. Yeah. (laughs) Eat quick. So he'd, you know, he'd grown up, not not knowing where his next meal was going to come from. Empty cupboards. Um, so, you know, and then you see this boy now he's overweight. He, he, he struggles with um, food. He overeats. And, and that's because of his upbringing, you know, so you, you see all sorts of things, you know, anxiety, you see a lot of anger. There's, I mean, anger's huge because they're angry at the system. They're angry at their, at their upbringing. They're angry. They're just angry, you know, and, um, I, I, and I do encounter quite a lot of violence in the role. And I think anyone doing this role will encounter quite a lot of violence because, yeah. you know, they're, they're looking to kind of let out these feelings, and often you can be the brunt of it because you're coming in, and so they're looking to blame anybody. Absolutely, and blame you, game, right? They'll see you as a, you know. But once we get over that and we build up a bit of trust, then you know th- they're on side, and yeah. uh, you know. But yeah, it, it's it's not for the faint hearted. I'll tell you that I've had. Oh, you're a Geordie, mate. You're a Geordie. Well, you're mate. Tough yeah. As no, so no. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but you know, it's put me in good stead. Yeah. Yeah. And do, yeah. You, do
1: you see a cultural difference as well? Um, you know, because we talk about that, the, the cultures, different cultures, how children are brought up in in different countries, how p- children uh, are treated in in different ways with different cultures. Is that a huge part to do with it as well? Do you, it can do, do, you do. See
0: that? Yeah. Absolutely. I work with um, a range of families. Um, I think. Talking about the first family I worked with, um, that was a big cultural thing because they were from uh, Bangladesh and so they had, uh, you know, the, the women weren't allowed to talk to men and there was a lot of abuse going on behind the scenes, which is obviously, which led to the children being removed. So I, I, you know, I've, I've walked into, you know, you're walking into someone's personal, you know, we're not in school here. I'm walking into people's homes and I'm spending time in their homes. And you know, so some people can be very wary of me. Some people can be very supportive of me. You see some things that you don't want to see. You know, do if you I re- turn
1: a blind eye to something, never, never, no, never. Because I
0: think when there's a child involved, if you that. if you turn a blind eye Love once, that. then that could have a knock on effect. So yeah. I've always been transparent with the families I work with. I'll always say, look, I'm here to do a job. Yeah. I'm here to help. But of course, if there's anything I see or don't like. I will report it bit the and, I, and, and I just, I'm honest from the get go, but you know what? Nine times out of 10 people are grateful you're there. You know, yeah. they've been out of education for a long time. The parents or carers are in despair and they're grateful you're there, you know, and, and, the, and, the, you know, the, the treat you like you're, you know, I, I keep in touch with a lot of families I've worked with, um, a young boy, um, who I worked in the pru with, who's um, looked after by his gran and grandma, uh, you know, I keep in touch with them. He's 18 now, doing fantastic. He's got a core washing business. You okay. know, and, and, and I like to keep in touch because... And That's I think what you get out nice. of it, isn't it, Ross? Well, it a is. smile
1: on your face there when you're it doing is. that. You, you know, your eyes are lit well, up. I think if you're a
0: paramedic, for example, I've got a few friends who are paramedics, they'll say they'll drop certain people off a hospital and they, they never know what's happened. Yeah. Or the police will arrest somebody they don't know what's happened. Whereas me, I get to keep in touch and find out what has happened. Sometimes it's not always great, but a lot of the time you think, oh, fantastic, you know, and and that's what I, that's what I enjoy. I get to go in there, see them at the worst, but then I get to see, you know, them leading lives now. They've got girlfriends, they've got partners, they've got jobs, they've got, they've got a mortgage, you know, they're on the, they've got
1: some rent, you know, and that's for me what gives me the buzz. You said, Ross, earlier on that something needs to be done before it, before it it gets too bad, before yeah. it it collapses, before it becomes catastrophic. Yeah, what needs to be done in your eyes? Because well, you said that you're at the brink of, you know, is it overload at the brink of not being able to manage this? What, well, it is,
0: but it's also the mainstream schools. Uh, you know that they they're telling they're telling the local authority and that so you think mainstream, mainstream schools, schools need to do a lot more. Yeah. They do need to do a lot more. So what they'll often do is they'll have a, um, a Senko who will coordinate the special educational needs of them children in them schools. So every, every school has that, but they'll often take children on and they'll say, yes, 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 we can do this. We can meet these needs because they'll get additional funding. And this is me getting to the nitty gritty here now. They will get that additional funding, but then very quickly they'll realise, yeah, that they can't meet the demands of that child. Right. So then they're like, shit. And then... So then they'll then look at a reason to permanently exclude that child. And then that child's out of school again, but this time with no potential mainstream setting lined up because no mainstream school will take, take them, them on. Yep. So then that's where the issue lies. It's that middle ground of where did they go now? So that outreach service bridges that gap kind of for a short term. But if the school keeps permanently excluding these kids at the rate they are, we haven't got enough staff at the minute Well, I think, um, I spoke to the uh, agency EM Skills, who I work for recently, and we've got 30 kids in Suffolk alone who are out of school at the minute, and we haven't got any tutors to to, to work with them. <sighs> wow. So, you know, we are, we're up, and, and that's just Suffolk, you know. I, I don't even know what Essex, London, Newcastle, you know. Cool, all imagine these new what London's city. like. Imagine, you, cool. you know, like you said, I don't even know, I don't even I love- want to know the statistics. It would scare wow. me. So, the mainstream schools need to do more. They need to work more with these kids. They need to do more stuff like this crow provision. But there needs yep. to be more of that where we latch on and offer that support and bridge that gap before it's too late. And and but that's you know before it's too down, late, before it, it before, gets out of hand. Before it gets out of hand, before they're involved in crime, before they're involved um in you know their mental health deteriorates, before yeah. they've been months before and months the whole, out of Their school. whole
1: lives are, are, Is are ruined. Yeah, gone. it's gone. And then, to the streets, to crime, that's, to prison. And to, that's how easy this and is. To, to to death. To
0: death, yeah. And that's, you know, we are talking about life and death here. These kids need an education, they need hope, and they need a future. If that's took away from them, they very quickly can go down that other path. Because easy, easy. Easy. You know, I, I mean, I, 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 I get it. I wasn't great at school. I got into trouble but there was there wasn't county lines then, you know there wasn't any of that, you know people that have a fight and that would be it, you know you'd get involved maybe with a bit of people get involved with a bit of shoplifting or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But now it's Minus like stuff. but now it's carrying now it's major knives, stuff. it's carrying class A drugs, life changing stuff, life changing stuff. That is life and death, yeah, and 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 that is the difference now, you know, and and that's where I think there needs to be more funding, like everywhere, yeah. um, there but needs to be, be more do you know what training.
1: Really, really, really stuns me with with funding it's like children yeah you know wow yeah our future not on immigration not on you know nhs yeah nhs is really important, but even above and beyond that you think how important the nhs these are our, our children yeah. these are, this is the future of our country yeah this is this is this is the future of of humanity surely people should be you know going right education children priority
0: hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it, it should be that across the board, you know, the, the, the effect it has on the police, on yeah, uh, the uh, knock-on on, effect. On, on social services, on ambulance, everything. The effect it has is huge. The mental health, you know, we need, I'm a I'm massive advocate of mental health. Yep. You know, I think if we Absolutely. had more mental health units, it, that would take up, you know, us, a lot of friends in the police saying to me 70, 80% of their jobs are mental health related. Same as paramedics, suicides, going to suicide calls, the fire huge, brigade are going huge. to, people jumping off, bri- into rivers. Um, you know, if we can t- tackle the mental health, the knock-on effect to the other services would be huge. Yeah. You know, and it's the same with what I do. You know, if we can work with these kids and their mental health issues, because a lot of the reasons they're behaving like this at school is
1: because there's an underlying problem. It's a prime example of mental health. It is a prime example of ch- young but it's children not took seriously who enough. are on the cusp because people don't know what mental people, health is, is. They go, oh, "Have you suffered some trauma? Have you?" It's like it could be the most tiniest thing. Absolutely. What you've seen from home. Yeah. How your mum's being treated. How you're, you know, growing up without a father, growing up in, a, in an abusive uh, family, yeah. you know, growing up in different cultures where you, this is why I mentioned the culture thing, because at home it's a completely different culture to when they go to school. Because yeah. yeah. all of a sudden they're being treated with dignity. They're being treated with respect and, and vice versa. I'm not saying yeah. Vice, and they go back home where their culture is the shoes out. You Absolutely. Do your whack, 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 and it's like, yeah. right. I've, 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 these kids are confused mental health yeah. is at
0: the forefront of everything everything here. but you know what we and i think there's a lot of awareness around it but there's still nowhere near no, enough not. being no. done about it. And I think that's the issue. So we have to deal with the issue in hand to the best we can, yeah. but it does always feel like it's just a, a constant uphill struggle. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? That that doesn't mean you have to just wash your hands and say, no, of course right, that's not. it. You can't, not, not with children. There needs to be more. done, And this is what annoys me so much because it's like, if the government actually put their priorities into mental health, yeah. It would save them money in the education sector and, and the public services sector. Knock on effect. The knock on effect. And as as any common, you know, any common sense would say, <laughs>
1: that, that's where we need it to Unfortunately, happen. common sense doesn't prevail in our government. Have you seen <laughs> the state does. of our government at that Well, that's another issue. Ah, uh, Listen, I need yeah. to get in there very soon. Mate, you do. Um, from a parent's point of view, what can parents look out for, first yeah. of all? Um, and what can parents do to, to minimise... Um, any of this sort of happening especially with is it the front line yeah yeah um, I think but I think with
0: county lines I think county I look, lines I think to look out for lines. is if you're, is if your child is suddenly becoming a lot more um, kind of reserved um, might not be kind of telling you what they're doing yeah. um, uh, you know they're yeah, a lot more sneaky yeah, a lot more, yeah. They, may, they may start having nicer things they might but, start yeah. having cash and yeah. stuff that you think well actually I didn't get that um but also, I think a lot of kids, you know, will will speak up. You know, um, I, I think a lot of these kids will will so communicate. They get kids. scared, yeah. But it's given them that opportunity to do that. Um, so a lot of kids I've worked with uh, have actually been scared by certain experiences where they've seen knives, seen drugs, whatever, it and they have petrified. Gone, them, and they've gone yeah. back and gone, oh, you know, and then and then they stop going to that area. But of course, there is other kids who will start getting involved in it. And, and and shy away and and, and before you know it, will probably come...
1: Spending less time at home. Spending less time at home. Excuses to get away, yeah. constantly on their phone. A hundred percent. Locking themselves in the bedroom. And I'd say, do you really
0: know where they're going as well? You need to really know where they're going. You know, if they're going to the park, which park they're going to, do you know who they're going there with? You know, do you know? And the scary thing is that almost every child I've worked with who's out of school and is over 13 have at some point, been offered drugs or seen a knife. There's a boy I'm working with at the minute who said he went to a local park and he's seen similar boys of his age, 12, 13, carrying knives. And when I've said, what kind of knives? He said he's seen a machete. He he's seen a bit. So we're
1: not, we're not talking yeah. about a kitchen knife. We see him in streets now. Look at London. London yeah. is riddled with them. You know, that's what I said about the children in London. You, well, know, that's you go to the t- outskirts yeah. of London, some of those... Just Driving through them, you're like, but if you look at on the high alert, as let alone well, of knife oh, crime going in there, oh, most of them are between 13 and 17. It's shocking. You don't it's see ridiculous. many 4
0: year olds for stabbing offenses, no, of you course, know. you don't. It's uh, the young kids yeah, the young who kids. are doing it now, uh, you know. And it's the same in America with the gun crime, you know, it's a lot of these young kids going into schools, shooting other kids, you know, who are getting access to guns. And it's the same here with these kids getting access to knives, they're often told to do something in order to, you know, to be. Yeah, accepted as Um, part part of this. Go and rob
1: that person, go and take that person You're seeing completely innocent people. Smash that
0: shop up. Yeah, and you just have to watch these shows on TV, you know, 24 hours in police custody or whatever. And you're seeing kids getting, you know, getting put down for years for for murder offences at the extreme. But yeah, it is... It is a worry and I think, I think, you know, more needs to be done. But I think I was, I was shocked when I found out that every major police force now has a county lines dedicated team.
1: Wow. So that shows you the scale of the problem. That's the red flag straight there. That's the it's, red it's flag. It's like, listen, um, especially as parents, it petrifies me because I'm a parent and I understand it and I do not overly, you know, check, I give my children their space, but yeah. I'm, a, I've, you know, they're, they're 13, six, seven uh, 15, I've got a 15 and thirteen. You better, you better, you better recognize that I'm looking at their phones yeah, every yeah. now and once a week, pass me your phone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, I'm not having a 13 year old that I'm paying for the phone bill telling me well, that yeah. I can't look at their phone. I'm like, if you've got nothing to hide, show me your phone. And it's not a case of, I want to get into your private space. It's no. a case of I can identify things yep. that you can't. Yeah. I've got the life experiences, which we mentioned, which will put up these red flags where I'll go, hold on a minute. Yep. Something's not right here. Yeah. I'm not here to invade your space. I think parents need to really step up to being more involved in their children's lives because I know parents that they don't even know the codes to their phones, their kids' uh, phones. Some of them don't even know they've got phones. The phones, no, yeah. they don't. <laughs> and, it, and, and it's shocking, right? It it's is, like, it's, yeah. I'm like, yeah, of course. i go, like, okay, Gabriel, can I have your phone? Straight away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm like, thank you, son. And yeah. like, Shiloh, same, same, exactly the same. And uh, I think that as parents, we have a huge responsibility when it comes to education 100%. for our children. I think yeah. it's uh, anything. Education starts at home. Yeah. You know, children learn from what they see, not what they hear. Yeah. Right? And so, they're so
0: much more savvy now to technology. My oh, five-year-old son's asked for an iPhone for Christmas. I said, "Like hell!" Um, I've you got know, my son he's, out there, he's, he's got like, an iPad now, yeah, yeah. but yeah. I, I, I just the thought of it just horrifies me. But you know, a lot of parents have got trackers on phones now. Yeah. And again, the kids are like, "Oh, we've yeah, got a tracker on C64. the phone." Yeah. yeah. But actually, you know. The need to have them yeah, great. On there. They're great apps. They're fantastic apps. Yeah. But a
1: lot of kids you know, will fight against that because they think, oh, you're checking up on me. Uh, but, uh, you all know. All I say to my child is, if anything happened, I've got a reference point to go to. Exactly. I said, that's I all I do. Somewhere. And I, I've caught my son out. And this is, again, as parents, where we need to use discretion and common sense. Where we I've got my, and I'm like, he's, he's miles away from the house on his bike. You know, yeah. he shouldn't even gone down that road. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. comes back in and I'm like, you went, oh, yeah, I did, Dad. Are you checking up? No, I'm not checking up on you, but... You should have. You should have told me where you were going. You said you were going here. Yeah. You're going there. This is why I've got the app. On 100. Like, oh, sorry, Dan. I'm like, this, I'm not angry. Yeah. Next time, just tell me where you're going. Yeah. Again, that communication with your kids, it's getting huge. involved in their life. I think we're we're becoming, especially with iPads and phones, we're becoming a nation of lazy parents. Yeah. And that's just because a lot of us are working. We have to work. Granted, but we're coming in and we're not really taking notice of, of what our children are doing. And that's where my work starts for me. When I get yeah. in and I close that door. I don't go to the fridge, grab a beer and put my no. feet up because you know, I've got two younger ones that I need to put to bed first of all. Then I've got two older ones thereafter. And then obviously I've got my wife that, that you know, that yeah. I need to sit down for at least, a, you know, half an hour to see, you know, to, to see how how things are at home, et cetera, et cetera. But as parents, it's hugely important, I think anyway, to communicate in a healthy way with your children. And if they don't like it, you won't have the phone. boom, yeah. I'll take your phone away from you. If you don't like it, you're living under my house, under yeah. my rules. Respect them. If you don't, well, you won't have all these luxuries. You won't have all yeah. these these things yeah. that that you've got. And I think we need to be tougher as parents. And that's not in a in a disciplined dis, dis, in a disciplinary. Teri- I, I know what you're saying. Well, yes, not in a disciplined <laughs> type of way, shall we say? Um, not in a disciplined type of way, but in a way where you you're really you know, you're really part of their life. hundred percent. I think yeah. really, really,
0: really part of their life. Definitely. And I think, you know, there's a lot of kids now, parents will just give in for an easy life. Yeah, you, yeah. And, and, and don't get me wrong. I've done it sometimes. I've just got, oh, I've had a, I have the iPad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? I think, you know, it's really important that you keep on top of what they're doing and, yeah. and, and actually show an interest. And especially when they get into the teenage years now, I mean, my young one's five, as I've said, but, seeing some of the things and hearing some of the things, I'm thinking I'm going to be on him when he's, when he's getting to that age, because if you're not, it can so easily go the other way. And I yeah. think, you know, and if he likes it, if oh, he doesn't like it, then tough because I think, and this is the thing now. I think a, a lot of kids can get away with a lot of stuff. Um, there, there isn't as much tough love anymore, is no, there? No, of course, no. But there needs yeah. to be a bit yeah. more yeah. sometimes. Just and, sometimes. Just, you know, yeah. Just, yeah. Just,
1: just absolutely because it's important. I, I agree, Ross. And also, you know, if you are identifying these problems as a parent, you think, you yeah. know, my, my child's got three red cards, you know, they've been excluded maybe for a day or two and you see them going down that route... Is there anything as a parent that you can do or we can do outside of education with people like you to come to to prevent it or, or doesn't that exist? You you almost see the warning signs and it's a case of, yeah. right, the school are just going, right, if he gets another red card, he's out of here. And you're just like, what can I is – there, is there an organisation that people can go to or people can call like, like yourself well, or you – because I think that would be really, really handy for the parents when they yeah. get to that point of – I can't talk to the school because they're just like, right, next next time he does something wrong, he's out. Yeah. I can't, my well, home's not working or I'm trying my best, yeah. but I can't, can I go to like a like an organisation like yourself? I know you deal with after that, but it'd be good to have something yeah. sort of prevention you know before what? Again, the cure. where we can phone and go to and go, and then you can have a bit of advice over the phone.
0: There isn't enough of that. And there's yeah. not lords that I'm aware of who do that. The, the council can offer... Uh, a support worker to come in sometimes to like, you know, if there's, if there's struggles but going on. That's a whole on. taboo, isn't it, a support say, oh, worker but, coming but around the so house? It's so like in, in an honest answer to your question, yeah. there's nothing that there's I'm aware nothing. of. Wow. So that's the thing. So that often the families will be, you know, the, they'll have to try and tackle it themselves. Ideally, they'd be able to work with the school to tackle the problem. Yeah, you'd like but to But then of so, course the you? school we'll get to a point where they don't want to work with them anymore and they want to get rid of this child because yeah. they, th- there's too many red codes going on. So again, that's where the school has to take more responsibility. They have agree. to work more with the families. They have to look at other options. You know, there, there, there needs to be more education around the behaviour. You yeah. know, there needs to be more stuff around... More awareness. More, more awareness. Yeah, but that, that, that The mainstream school has to be responsible Absolutely. for that because if they're not and they, they just get rid of That's them every the heart time. That's the
1: of the problem. It's it is. You know, they I, need to bridge that to gap. Today.
0: They need to, you know, police are going into the schools, not enough. You know, they need to get more police in. They need to get, when I worked in the Peru, we had ex-cons coming in. We had one come in for murder and used to, used to talk to them Group of kids, and that was powerful. Yeah, powerful. That, you know, that was yeah. powerful. They'd get to see an inside of a, a prison van, and they'd get, yeah. you know, things like that where there's something that, that could happen. To you, to you, very Never easily. say never. Yeah, we'd seen people who come in with scars, who'd had you know, and things like that are powerful. And you know, it's like you know, London has a lot of people going in talking about knife crime and stuff. But we need it more. You know, we need more people going in about yeah, behavior, generic stuff, consequences, yeah, absolutely consequences. How your actions can have you know, the I deal with a lot of people, young people who they they kind of have no remorse for their actions. So you know, they yeah. can say some really hurtful things to their family and what you know really hurtful things and, but they don't understand the impact that can have on people. So it's working with them on stuff like that, you know, like what you say can have massive consequences on people's lives, yeah. you know, and, um, it's just learning what I call life skills, life skills, how to treat people you want to be treated, but a lot of them that aren't getting starts that. starts at home, doesn't They're it? They're not getting It starts yeah. at home yeah. and it and needs to it, be more in school. school.
1: You know what? 100%, I, I agree with you there that that those life skills are absolutely crucial yeah um that they that they have a lap over from home into the schools and uh, I think as parents we have a big responsibility but the state schools yeah. they need to step they need to change something before it's too late right definitely and especially with those fam those kids who don't have them families yeah. you know
0: the kids the skills need to be looking more on that as well you know they know they're coming from a broken home or foster care or whatever they need to be working more with them kids yeah, too. put a name on not yeah. just a number don't you know let's let's look at some issues that they you know they are inevitably going to encounter because of yeah. their past yeah. you know and work with them on that you know get get some c- counseling for them you know yeah. get get extra support in but of course again
1: comes to funding, comes to staffing to do that, and well, do you know what? You say that, but um, you know, there's some very interesting things that are happening in in the British education system, and that's learning about pronouns, learning about you know about genders. It's like, come on, that's surely we could be filling that time with a little bit of counselling, yeah, about the next steps going to school, warning signs on on all these you know potentially falling into crime potentially falling into gangs potentially falling into whatever it may be that sort of negative spiral there after the schools rather than then teaching our kids about something a fad that's going around that that's going to die yeah. out very soon and has no real significance to uh, to the education system my son yeah. came home the other day and he's like I oh, had a weird lesson the other day and he, and he said about you know I've been learning about pronouns been learning about this and neo pronouns and I was just like, wh- why Why are they wasting a period when we could be discussing real-life issues? Yeah. Things that could help your career, Absolutely. things that could prolong your career, things that could stop you from going down a negative road in life yeah. instead of all this nonsense. It
0: should be part of the curriculum, like sex education. I agree. I agree. Like food 100%, technology, 100%. like physical education. Yeah. This should be part of the curriculum. Life skills yeah. of how... You know, if, uh, you know, if respect. How to budgeting, Ab- money, exactly finances. Respect. How to treat others. Absolutely, all of that needs to be part of the curriculum, and yeah. and and you know, and that's what we need to move towards. And I think you know we can, but there needs to be more awareness. Yeah. The Schools need to take it more seriously, yeah. and we need to just you know we we, we really need to try and Keep grab pushing. the bull by the horns and push. Yeah. And something I'm trying to roll out at the minute is a lot of these young kids, they they don't know how to form positive friendships and relationships. So I'm trying to roll out at the minute like where we work with other tutors and we identify other pupils who have been outreached of similar needs and looking at doing activities with them, so getting bonding days, getting them out doing different things because a lot of them are going into school and they don't know how to make friends. They don't know how to talk to people. That's
1: a lot of people in the eye.
0: You know, I'll go in there and a lot of them will punch me because that's the only way they know how to interact. And I'm like, if you do that in school, you'll get permanently (laughs) excluded (laughs) again. So, you know, it's about... It's how yeah. do, how do you build positive friendships? They'll go in there and call each other a C, you know, oh, you know yeah, yeah. and actually, you know, because they think that's banter because they've seen it on YouTube or TikTok. Actually, you know, it's, yeah. if we can it's get there. you are for failure. That it is. is just, so yeah, they need yeah. to be able to bridge that gap of building positive friendships and relationships with not just other kids, but family,
1: society, everything, you know? No, I think, that, you know, you, you raise a great point and it's a great point to finish up on, Ross, is... um you know, having those life skills integrated into the education system as part of the curriculum. It's like this is a must. Rather than wasting a, a period on on this and that, we're gonna talk about life skills. We're gonna talk about everything that goes on, even if you want even if you want to talk about what goes on at home, yeah. how your life is, how you see your future, how you know, yeah. those basic life skills that should be drilled into, even they get drilled into us when we're at work. Yeah. We drilled into you till 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 you know and, uh, till you establish yourself in a great career, and then you can provide that information moving forward.
0: Absolutely, and yeah, definitely. And I think that's a great message to end on. And yeah. I think, you know, if if we can
1: if we can help bridge that gap in any way, then that's what we've got to do. Listen, yeah. Ross, you've been an absolute pleasure. It's been Thank a you, great eye opener, mate. And listen, um uh, listen, I I take my hat off to you for what you do. Appreciate Um, it, thank you You're you're a positive guy, I can feel that positive energy Keep doing what you're doing, it's making a huge difference Thank you And it's a pleasure to be sat here with you And you, thanks son, cheers
0: fella Thanks Thanks, thanks, mate. mate